Welcome back to the cockpit. I'm Josh. I'm Justice? Yeah, that's right. We're your co-pilots, and this is your monthly interstitial content. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess. Where we bring topics to the table. We all know what mine is already. It's wrestling. It's always wrestling. It's not always wrestling, but, but AEW just had a pay-per-view. It's always oh, wrestling. Okay, I'll start with something that's not wrestling. You know, have you like, you know, like how you're aware of bands sometimes? Like, nope, never. You're, but you're not a fan of them. You're just, they're on the conscious and like, maybe you should be a fan of them because they fit like, technically fit what you like, but you're just never got into them. Yeah. Good examples from here, like Bless the Fall, We Car, The Main, etc. You mean good bands? Yeah, they're good bands. I, I just never really got into them. Yeah, because you're weird. Yeah. I was listening to my Discover Weekly Spotify playlist today, mm-hmm. and a main song came on that was a fucking banger, and I was like, man, have I just been missing all of the great main? Yes. It's called Diet Soda Society, and it's really good. I need to listen to more of the main now. Yeah, you do. I don't know why you haven't been. There's too much music in the world to listen to all of it when I just want to listen to David Maximichik. You're correct. There is a lot of music in the world. I don't know why you only want to listen to David Maximichik. I was being... Um, Facetious. Yes, I'm aware. And redundant. Not redundant. Reductive. Reductive. There, that's the word that's being facetious and reductive there's a ton of music i love listening to and i like listening to new music too but like just fitting it all sometimes i feel bad because i love bands and i just forget about their albums for like three or four years and come back to it i'm like how have i not listened to you in years i don't know you don't listen to music enough i I listen to music like a minimum of like 50 hours a week (laughs) 50 hours chump numbers minimum chump numbers look like, if you're not clocking in a, at least 100 hours of music a week you're doing it wrong like breathe carolina so good i haven't listened to them in like years look you wake up you start playing music you go to sleep the music stops or you just let it play through but that's not really listening to it or you just don't sleep and you listen to music for like 48 hours that isn't you're supposed to sleep but there's music so my topic is wrestling called it you're trying to make fun of me but it's not gonna work Okay, so AEW Revolution was Sunday, uh, the 6th, the 6th. A wrestling pay-per-view event. Yes. And if you're not a wrestling fan, nothing I'm going to say from this point on is going to matter at all. I'm not going to deep dive into a lot of it because I know people don't, like, I know wrestling's a niche hobby and a niche interest. Mm Mm-hmm. But I will say, and I'm going to go back through and like, I'm going to build a video that is just this entire feud from like every promo and every match leading up to the dog collar match because Maxwell Jacob Friedman and CM Punk just had the best story, best feud, at least in the last 20 years. For those unaware, a dog collar match is where both contestants wear a dog collar around their neck and are then chained together and they must fight. Yeah. The dog collar match isn't even like the important part of that story or feud. It's just like the, the blow off. The entire feud was such good storytelling. Like, are you going to define blow off now? No, I'm just going to question the phrasing. What? That doesn't sound like what one would call the climax of an event or the resolution oh, of or it, a peak moment of. No, that that's what the term is for a match that ends a feud in wrestling. That's dumb because it makes it sound unimportant. <laughs> it's called the blow off. Like, that's dumb. Wrestling is dumb. <laughs> Wait, who would have thought I think wrestling is dumb? <laughs> The rest of the pay-per-view was also great. It was honestly there might have been too much. I fell asleep during the world championship match because it was five hours and I was drinking and like Yeah. It was a long show, but it was so good. Like it never felt bad. Like the- Look, I'll agree the matches were really well done. I don't care that much about wrestling, but I do appreciate good choreography, which is all wrestling actually is when done right. It's not just good choreography. Wrestling is a combination of good- It's good improv and choreography, but it's still a type of improv that they're relying upon sets of choreography they already know. It's also- Improv choreography is still a thing. 
it's also acting improv acting it's not just like he's like a, the match a match is a lot of choreography but th- there's also acting in the matches i don't care about that part like storytelling oh. i only care about the fighting part the choreography part i made my statement i knew okay. what my statement okay. meant i only care about the choreography of it that's just so weird because the mgf cm punk feud is like i don't know the feud was good but like i look maybe once upon a time you could have made me care more about wrestling but wwe existed so story doesn't matter in wrestling also their choreography doesn't matter but like at least AEW has good choreography for what they do. It's so sad that there are so many people like you. And I'm what I mean is people who could have the potential to be wrestling fans, but WWE poisoned you against it. Look, I acknowledge they have good like story ideas sometimes, but also it's such a large, large interconnected universe of things I don't care enough about for the tiny storylines that are interesting to matter to me. It's just it's just a hell of a good time. Look, if I could watch it, like reading the equivalent of a standalone run of a comic series, even if the comic series is united, I would. But with a lot of wrestling stuff, that's kind of hard to do. No, like the thing is, because they make they try to make all their universe so connected, and thus I don't care. They used to do exactly what you're talking about. They used to release like DVDs that were like DX's Invasion, the DVD, which would just have all the DX Invasion stuff. Or I'm aware the NWO arc. Like I'm aware. Just or the um. Straight Edge Society. Mm-hmm. Like, they used to do that. And, like, it made sense because DVD sales were a thing. But, like, people don't buy DVDs anymore. No, I'm just saying, like, I don't care enough to watch an entire show for maybe part of a story that I find vi- vaguely interesting. I, like, I would say right now AEW has, like, four or five storylines going on. I know. Like, this is... I'm, I'm just... I'm, I'm emphasizing your point. There are four or five storylines going on. And if you were only interested in, like... Four or five main storylines, I would say. You still have people who arguably have other things going on that don't matter okay yeah i was thinking of like the major arcs that they've seeded in yeah yeah you're talking like if we compared this i don't know to let's go back to my classic comparison to dc you're talking like this is the main justice league stories yeah there's like inner circle breakup storyline going on right now i give no fucks there is the pinnacle breakup which is wardlow beach wardlow turning on mjf also i really don't care I like Wardlow, but I really don't care about that, actually, overall. There's potentially the reformation of LAX going on. I don't even know who the fuck that is, so I definitely don't care. There's Paige Van Zant making her debut and, like, Men of the Year, American Top Team. That's Literally, the same faction. No fucks. Feuding with Sammy Guevara and Ty Conti. Those are things I fall asleep during. How could you fall asleep during Sammy Guevara? He's a fucking spot monkey. That's when he's fighting. I'm talking about anytime they start talking. He did a 6.30 splash right through a fucking table for no reason Wednesday. Okay, but that's not that's not so much the story part. That's, that's the part in between story. Yeah, no. Like, I don't care about the story is what I said. But like, if you only cared about one of those stories, having to like sit through two, three hours of content every week to get that the one story. The only interesting story to me at the moment is the House of Black, and I don't give a fuck about any oh. of the other stuff. Oh, and Jeff Hardy came back, and the, a- the AHFO broke up. Yep, I was like, maybe I should care. I didn't. I didn't care. I didn't pay attention. I heard you watching. I was like, is that Jeff Hardy? And you were like, yeah. And I was like, neat. And then I continued to not care. Yeah. Like, if you only care about one of those stories, like House of Black, for instance. Only one. Then having to sit through the other four or five hours of television, painful. Understand. It sucks. But I think... If you can get invested into all of the storyline and like nope. find like just get invested, it all is very good. The storytelling right now, the Andrade Hardy family office story is the worst story they had going right now, and they just freshened it up so much by kicking Matt out of AHFO, redebuting Jeff Hardy, 
and aligning the Hardy brothers with Darby and Sting versus Andrade's family office. Look, the only things I really care about in AEW, the fights, because they're good. Mm-hmm. The House of Black stuff, and JR, just because, well, JR is a classic. Yeah, I mean, those are fair things. It's just, like you were saying, that if WWE hadn't, like, poisoned you for years, you might enjoy it more. I might be willing to give it a chance for other stories, but I don't care enough to do that. Yeah, and that's really sad. Especially because... My return to wrestling as a fan was through WWE, not because Monday Night Raw or SmackDown were good, but because there was this little brand called NXT and they were doing cool shit. Mm. And now all the cool guys I liked on NXT are now over on AEW. So (laughs) do you bring topics to the table to discuss in the cockpit? We don't have a table. There's a table right there. Not in the cockpit. There isn't. Yeah, there is. Stop breaking kayfabe. No, it's one of those little pop-up tables. Oh, okay. My bad. Stop breaking kayfabe, yo. I'm the one that designed the cockpit. I know that there's a pop-up table. But yeah, so I watched, well, not all of, but I caught up with season two of Resident Alien starring Alan Tudyk. Okay. I just enjoy it. I I like Alan Tudyk as a character. I watched the first three or four episodes. I like Alan Tudyk as an actor, not a character. Uh, Same thing. He's a character actor at this point. Yeah, basically. (laughs) I mean, he's done voice acting work. He's done different characters, and he's really good at just being a different character. Literally the entire thing with Resident Alien is, he's an alien pretending to be a person, but he's really bad at being a human, and it's great. Like, even his facial expressions are wonderful. But, uh, sadly, one of my favorite characters in that show died off in a show where they don't kill people, really. One of my favorite characters died. It was a sad time. Was the head in the jar? The octopus thing? Not head. It, it was literally just an octopus. Oh, okay. Nate Fillion? Yeah. Yeah. I've only watched the first three or four episodes of the show. They were very good. I, sh- I need to watch more. They're all on Peacock. And Peacock actually includes the WWE Network. So... If you wanted to watch wrestling, Peacock. If you wanted to watch bad wrestling, Peacock. See, he likes wrestling so much he had to enter my segment to talk about wrestling. Uh, no, it's just... He has an obsession and it's problematic. I'm thinking about staging an intervention, actually. It's not a problem. Wrestling is good, except for most of... See, did, did you hear that? Did you hear that, Frequent Flyers? He said wrestling is good. That's how you know there's a problem. Dude, just go watch, like, fucking any Kenny Omega match and tell me wrestling isn't good. I, I, I easily can, because all you're telling me to do, you're not telling me to watch the story, you're, you're telling me to watch a fight. A Kenny Omega fight? Yeah, but that doesn't mean wrestling's good. It means one select segment of a very brief, long-assuming run of story was good. I don't know. Most of Kenny Omega's- I could tell you to go watch the climax of multiple shows and be like, and see that show was good, and you'd be like, no, no, you just had me watch this cool moment, okay. and then called the entire thing good. Go watch just about anything Kenny Omega did in NJPW, match-wise, and tell me wrestling's not good. I can. And the thing with NJPW is most of the storytelling is done in the ring, in the match, so I'm not, I'm not asking you to skip any of the quote-unquote boring parts. Yeah, you are. No, I'm not. Yeah, you are. No. Yeah. You know what's great? We got Peacock for free. Mm-hmm. Ex- no, I didn't pay anything for that upgrade. That box? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just saying, like, technically, yes, but also no. It, it, it was literally for free. You still paid for another service, which means money was still used in the acquiring of Peacock. You would not have been able to get it free otherwise. I was already paying for that other service. Yeah, yeah. No, it's literally just, like, BOGO stuff. Buy one, get one free. You're not technically it, it, getting it for free. They're actually subsidizing the cost of the first one, but part of that money is still going towards the other thing. Nope. It's just partnered with with the NBC streaming stuff. No, it's not. Like, I was paying the same price no. before that was ever introduced. Yes. And then I got it for free. Yeah, but part of the money you're paying technically makes its way back to them. 
you're still providing money to them. For a service I had to pay for anyways. Yeah, but what I'm saying to is... A, to a company where I had no choice. Arguably, Xfinity could cut its cost down to, from what they're taking away from what they charge you to pay for their agreement with Peacock, but they didn't do that. So technically, you are still paying. It's just one of the phantom payments built into your overall bill. This is why you can't enjoy wrestling. <laughs> And I mean that. This is the definitive reason you can't enjoy wrestling. Because my brain doesn't turn off and go, uh. Because, no, because you have to dissect every little thing all the time. Yes, my brain does that. We're getting Peacock for free. <laughs> no? Yes. I, I, literally, I literally It's effectively for free, I guess, but I wouldn't say it's actually for free. Only reason I'm I bring- don't let capitalism lie to me, unlike you. Only reason I was bringing this up is because there isn't, like, you can't just subscribe to the WWE Network anymore. They took that away. That's probably for the better. And the only way to get it in America is through Peacock. You can get the actual WWE Network if you don't live in America. Or if you have a VPN. Yeah. But <laughs> on the squared circle, the wrestling Reddit. One of the wrestling reddits, the good wrestling reddit. There are so many people that are like, man, I don't even know why I'm paying for Peacock. WWE's garbage. And the best part is I'm sitting here with Peacock and I don't watch any WWE and I'm just like, yeah, I don't know why anybody would pay for that. I know why they're paying for Peacock. They're just using it wrong. They should be watching Resident Alien because it's fantastic. Also, like Peacock actually has some decent originals. I was bringing it back around to that. Thank you. That's why you pay for Peacock is because there's a bunch of other stuff on there. Yeah, I mean, like they have some movies. The biggest problem with Peacock is you have ads. Look, I think you can pay for a version without ads. Yeah, there's definitely an upgraded version where you give them money, but I'm getting Peacock. You're already giving them money. <laughs> I'm getting Peacock. We can free give them right more now. money. Yes, you're right. I'm getting it for free right now. I don't want to pay more money for it, especially because I don't use it. But no, they have some good, like some decent shows on there. It's really just NBC owned stuff. Rainbow, right? I yeah, I know they have like The Office on there now. It's like the only place to stream The Office legally yeah uh ap bio wasn't bad the first season when i watched it but i mean it has Patton oswalt so it's kind of hard to fuck that up yeah he made king of queens vaguely watchable yeah actually that show was fine like as far as sitcoms go i mean it was all right but the episodes were really only really good when you had jerry stiller or Patton oswalt heavily in the episode queens is definitively like an okay sitcom yeah but i only really cared about an episode if it had heavy jerry stiller or Patton oswalt it's just weird to me that you say he was the only thing making that show watchable. I gave it to two people. Because it was him, it was Patton Oswald, Jerry Stiller, like you said, and I don't remember her name. She plays... Lee Remini? Remini? Lay Remini? Yeah. yeah but I it also had Kevin James, which is minus points. Yeah, but like... And he was equivocally just the main character. We followed Doug, okay, his character Doug, through most of it, and it was just like, I don't, okay, I don't care. Like, the, the thing you have to remember is those, tal- those style of sitcoms, which are like the same style that The Simpsons eventually yeah, became... Yeah. We don't have to like the protagonist. They're terrible. No, but what I'm saying is like like during that time of when all those sitcoms were on, at that same time, I could watch, I could find like Still Standing, which was arguably a bit better in my opinion. I could easily find Frasier to watch on television. I love Frasier. Man, there was a golden age of sitcoms and it's gone. Yeah. The golden age of sitcoms has died. Also, I would assume still existing somewhere if you pay for satellite tv or something there's a channel that will constantly be playing golden girls but i don't have that anymore but i did at that time so there's also that to watch over king of queens i'm thinking like god third rock from the sun was a thing during this time grounded is that the name of the show Uh, i think so grounded for life that's what it was like there was so many good sitcoms scrubs was during this time Mm -hmm. which scrubs literally the best sitcom ever I'm not going to disagree. I really like Scrubs. <laughs> and Community. What I mean. Community was a bit later than all those other ones. Oh, but I just it was meant still Community good. was also the best sitcom ever. 
I don't. I don't think that's how the word best works. You can have two bests. They weren't competing. So you've se- like separated them into subgenres of sitcom. No, I've separated them into time, into eras of sitcom. <laughs> I mean, I guess that works. Sure. Also, Thirty Rock was the best. Mm, Thirty Rock was pretty okay. And then there was also Arrested Development, which was awesome. good. And then Netflix got it and made an additional season, and that was bad. You know, that's the thing about sitcoms. When they end, you should just let them end. You don't need to like make a new season that's supposed to be a spinoff and it's yeah. supposed to have a different name and then doesn't get a different name and is instead <laughs> just named the same thing so people assume it's still part of the same series, even though it's definitely not because it's terrible and shouldn't be categorized as one of the greatest as part of one of the greatest sitcoms ever. He's still very upset about Scrubs season nine. Scrubs ended after eight seasons. I don't know what you're talking about. See, a point stands. The worst part is Scrubs season nine is not even terrible. It's just okay. It's just not good scrubs. Like, Honestly, the worst part about Scrub season nine is when they realize, oh, we got to a slow start with this season. What if we just bring JD back? And then it was bad. Scrub Scrub well, season nine was, was supposed worse. to be a spinoff show called Scrubs Medical School. And if it had just been a spinoff, it would have been okay. It, I mean, it would have never lived up to Scrubs. But it would have been okay. It wouldn't live in the same breath as like bad spi- sitcom in- spinoffs or endings as Joey. Like currently, that's where it stands. People talk about Scrub season nine the same way they talk about Joey. I have a question. What is a spitcom? It's a spinoff that is also a sitcom. I, th- I thought that was very obvious. Oh, okay. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, I fucked up. I fucked up. Big deal. You gonna, you gonna make a big deal out of it? I mean, I wasn't going to, but now that you've made this aggressive overture about it, yeah, it's staying in now. How it's fine with me. Uh, that's what a spitcom is. It's a spinoff that's a sitcom. It's like if Angel had been a sitcom, it would have been a spitcom. So what is, it a, is it a spama? Spinoff yeah. drama? Yes, it's a spama. Uh, really, we should, only use, we should only use these type of terms when the entire like genre of the show changes with the spinoff. So also, I recently watched... Uh, a really, really long YouTube video again. I'm currently endeavoring to beat the first four hours of that video once more. Quentin Reviews posted his second half of his victorious... It's not a half. Halves imply equal parts. His second video for his victorious review, which we've talked about his stuff before. And this one is eight hours. The first one is four hours. That's why it's not a half. It's a two-thirds. It's 12 hours about the Nickelodeon show Victorious. And we still got more stuff coming because he's still going to do Cat and... Salmon Cat. Salmon Cat, that's the name of the show. Yeah. Which, honestly, Salmon Cat was somebody in the writing room just being like, hey, you guys know, Sam is the most liked character on all of iCarly. And somebody else was like, yeah, and Cat Valentine, everybody's favorite character on Victorious. And th- the third guy was like, what if we just put them in the same show? Marketing. <laughs> It was a failure, but I mean, I don't know how it was a failure, though. I've never seen an episode of Salmon Cat, mm. because I had aged out of both of those shows by the time that it came around. Did did you age out of it? Are you trying to insinuate something? No, no I'm uh, referencing... So at a point in his video, Quentin talks about how he's like, he stopped watching the last season of Victorious because he aged out of it. Yeah. And he said, or and then he goes on, he's like, or at least that's what I thought. But a lot of people in comments were talking about how they aged out of it, and it was like quite a different number of years. And then he realized, wait a minute, actually, for like seasons three and four, that's about the time the internet streaming stuff and YouTube and things really started to take off. Yeah, but I didn't really have internet until years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I realized. I, 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 I think Except, I fun fact, um, you did, because 
those seasons victorious started when you went to college. Googling. 2012, 2011, something like that. Okay, the last season was while I was in college, but the first three seasons weren't, and I only ever watched episodes from the first season of Victorious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I aged out of the show because that was 2010, and I like I didn't even watch the first full season. I didn't watch the premiere. I just caught, like, episodes. Yeah, I know. Occasionally. I had effectively aged out of, and, like, that makes sense because, like, I'm also, like, three, I think, three years older than Quentin, and, like, that makes sense where if he aged out, a couple years later, I aged out of like that type of that, that style of show a couple years before him. And also, I was too busy obsessing over Teen Wolf and being human and like fangirling. So, I mean, yeah. Also, American Horror Story movies. That was good at that time. It was all right at that time, dude. That's right when Asylum happened. Asylum, literally best season. I was never a huge fan of American Horror Story. We've been over this. <laughs> Fight me. It was all very much tropes of horror which can be fine but um kind of boring in my opinion murder house and asylum are legitimately great stories murder house is by far the best season the first half of asylum was good and then got bad just because aliens no just because of aliens no Asylum's very good otherwise whole demonic possession and weird things with nuns didn't do anything for me it made it worse i liked it better when it's almost just a serial killer drama for that season and then it got bad i mean asylum has a lot of like ed gein parallels going on with it as well like it's a it's a good season it it's a good season mm, i disagree okay well that's not, i mean that's fair it just should it just should be noted the the guy who played Silar is the, is oh, no, the no, primary no. antagonist. Yeah, no, of that he's season. the best part of that season. I love him so much. I can't remember his name right now. Zachary Quinto. Zachary Quinto. He's such a good actor. I, I don't like the Star Trek remakes. I, he's literally the only reason why I would want to watch them. Like <laughs> he is the only reason I've watched them. I haven't watched them, but like I'm like, oh yeah, Zachary Quinto was in that. I should watch. I I restarted Buffy. Gross. I've never finished it. The furthest I've got is like it's after the like spoilers for. 20 year 20 year old show 25 year old show but the furthest i've got is where is the season after buffy's boyfriend's part of that special operation unit Mm -hmm. college after the first year for college yeah it's the one where willow goes gay and super powerful witch you mean when she starts dating tara yeah tara they call her tara yeah when, when, when willow becomes a super powerful witch and turns evil i stopped right before she turns evil which apparently is some of the worst storytelling in buffy People seem to hate Evil Willow. Yes, but however, during that section, we do get more of Good Guy Spike. I love Good Guy Spike. I need to finish it, so I restarted it. I forgot how long those first two episodes are. Jesus Christ. In my opinion, the best episode of Buffy is still from season one, and it is the episode Halloween. Where Xander becomes a soldier? Mm-hmm. Willow becomes a ghost. Buffy becomes a princess. My favorite episode... I can also tell you the exact date that episode aired. My favorite episode is season four, episode 10. It's called Hush. Okay, Hush is by far my second favorite. It's also the most critically like acclaimed of all the episodes. It's such a good episode. Halloween is just enough of the goofiness of the show, though, for me to enjoy it, while also actually having like some actual tension because we no longer have a Slayer and other people are fucking up. Also, it's one of our first instances of seeing Xander not just be a goofy side character. You know what's funny? I started watching Buffy about the same time Victorious ended. Nice. And I have to say, going back and restarting the series, I'm recalling that when I first started the series... I had this thought where I was like, man, Buffy's a terrible protagonist. I kind of hate her because she's, in the first two episodes at least, she's very, I don't want to do anything. Yes. Like. No, it's kind of like the first half of the first season, really. And I'm like, God, I get it. I don't want to do anything either, but that doesn't make a good protagonist. I'm not a protagonist for a reason. I mean, it can make a good protagonist if done correctly, but it wasn't done correctly. You're right. Orange Cassidy's a great protagonist. Well, that's been this cockpit because I'm done now. He made another wrestling reference. I'm done. I quit. This is it. No more. Don't expect an episode on the 22nd. (laughs) 
Shinsuke Nakamura could have all... Not Shinsuke Nakamura. God, too much wrestling in my brain. Uh, Shikamaru Nara could have also been a good protagonist. I really enjoyed his character, and he's also a do-nothing kind of guy. Are you really just gonna sit there? He just nodded for you... Because this is not a visual medium. He just nodded when I asked him if he's just gonna sit there. <laughs> it was a joke. It was a callback. Callbacks are the greatest form of comedy. Only if the initial thing was funny or the callback made it funny. I get wrestling is a joke, but it's not a good one. Not even a joke. I love wrestling. Orange Cassidy's a cool guy. It's really... You can't do this to the podcast. <laughs> Shikamaru would have been a horrible protagonist. Shikamaru would have been a fun protagonist for like two episodes. Yeah, but like Shikamaru's characterization, you immediately then go with like all the shitty isekais that come out where... Oh, actually, yeah, you make a very good point. Where he'd just be like he'd have been a great, edgy and bad and he'd annoying. He'd been a great protagonist for like a couple filler episodes. Mm-hmm. Which he is a great protagonist for a couple of filler episodes. I just happen to love Shikamaru. I mean, yeah, he has a cool power. Like all of Team 9? I don't, know. I don't fucking know. It's been forever. Kiba and his dog, Akimaru. Akimaru. Kiba, Kiba and Akimaru. Shino. There's a bunch of cool characters in Naruto, and I really should watch the rest of it. Ino's cool. Shikamaru's cool. Shino's cool. I wish they had done more Kiba. of the, I wish they had done more of the Abari tribe. The bug people. Yeah. Yeah, he they they like never really do a lot throughout the entirety of Naruto. Yeah. With them. It's sad. Apparently he's got some cool stuff in Shippuden later, but like Yeah, but not really enough to like be fun. I, w- I would also have to get to that point in Shippuden. Also they hadn't just fucked up Neji. I mean, Neji becomes one of the coolest characters in the entire series, right before he dies. Yeah, exactly. That's why they fuck him up. He becomes cool. Oh, finally spoilers when he actually an chances. An spoilers for an anime that's twenty years old. Anime's not ten, twenty years old. Ten years old now for that. Yeah, like, he had uh, so many chances to be cool, and then they were finally like, yeah, look, we're actually gonna do a payoff for this character, and now he's dead. And it was bad. I really need to watch, I, I need to, at first I need to rewatch Bleach, because we get thousand year blood war this year later, this fall. That means you have to watch the full bring arc. Yeah, which is the arc that broke me. Are you gonna watch the movies? No. <laughs> no, I'm not. What about Diamond Dust Rebellion? No. Because I could have probably stood through the Fulbring arc if I hadn't also like been following the movies. Or the entire like filler season, one or two seasons before that, where all the... The bounce? Are you talking about the bounce? No. Oh. Is it the bounce where all the Zanpaktos come to life? Oh, no, no, no. That's not the bounce. That's that's a much worse filler season. Hi. Yeah. yeah. No, the bounce is before before that, because DDR is quite a few years before we get to Fulbring. And DDR came out alongside the bounce because DDR was about bounce. What I was going to say. What I was going to say. I, I really need to watch through Bleach, I, but I find it very, very, very hard to binge, like, action-packed shonens. Mm-hmm. You know, honestly, the thing that annoys me the most about Bleach? Uh, Odehime? No. We get a lot of really cool character outfit designs in the openings for like the first two seasons, <laughs> and we never see any of them. They're never used. They never do any of the cool outfits. Just be like me and watch the first season's intro, at, like, no, the full that, AMV of that intro. Yeah, well, it doesn't do anything. That, that, like, no. Like, we see so many of these characters outside of school, in daily life, never wearing good outfits like in that. It's sad. It makes me sad. Yeah. I mean, I agree. That's the most annoying part about Bleach. Hands down, calling it. I mean, I, I I would disagree. The answer is Odahime. I mean, if you want to be stereotypical and predictable about the bad things about Bleach, yeah, sure, why not? I don't hate Odahime for any of the reasons that standard people hate Odahime. No offense to you if you hate Odahime because she's a princess in peril character trope. Or because she's the, like, love interest that's, like... One-dimensional as fuck? Yeah, like, if you hate her for any of the actual tropey reasons, fair enough. Hate her for that. I hate her specifically because they gave us 
this whole thing about her powers and explained them and it made her her powers are literally definitively what a Fulbring's powers are and they're like oh no Unahima's not Fulbring and they never explain it so honestly I think the best way at this point currently to continue forward and I guess like finally have a way for Unahima's powers to make sense she's a witch that's it's that simple because burn the witch is part of the canon she's Mm, a witch it doesn't work it's not the same power set however I was getting there burn the witch does like kind of tie in we know that supposedly from Burn the Witch and things that Tite has said about it, that that's kind of how the Europe area handles their soul society, their afterlife. Yeah. The only logical explanation here is she has powers from some different afterlife somewhere else, but that doesn't make sense. She's very, very Japanese and her entire family is as well. I don't understand how where she would get those powers. Only reasonable explanation. Chad having different powers would have made sense. Udo, you having different powers would have made sense. He does have different powers. It does make sense. Who would have guessed? Yeah. He, yeah, exactly. Also, uh, Chad has different powers and then he doesn't he's a full bring he doesn't have different powers he's just a full bring which is sad because chad actually had the ability to have a oh, cool explanation also chad's powers doesn't make don't make sense with full bring it's stupid that they made him a full bring but not odahime i mean it kind of makes sense but only by like the most tenuous thread full brings are specifically like their powers specifically stem from an item his skin isn't an item calling the skin an item is really fucked up yeah, that's like, what I said about the most tenuous string. What it would imply is it's not really so much an item, but something that you equivocally cherish and cherish and it, like put your own spiritual energy into, like like a hairpin that your brother gave you just before he died. No, that doesn't make sense. That's, that's not a hairpin. It's tiny fairies that <laughs> exist to protect you because you put spiritual. Inter- oh god, no, because your brother was Odehime. a witch. I hate Odahime. Fuck me, dude. Yeah. How did we get so far into my hatred for Bleach? I don't even fucking remember. <laughs> In case you guys were wondering, I actually loved Bleach. Like, my username for everything is a reference to Bleach. Because he's a weeb. I created an entire, like, RPG spinoff system from World of Darkness. Because he's a weeb. That even included a method for battles to, like, technically last infinite amount of times within six seconds. Just to encompass the idea of how much fighting can happen in a matter of seconds in an anime. Because, again... Because he likes anime. Yeah, because I like anime. Um, and I loved Bleach. And you can only love something for so long while it, while it continues to actively disrespect you as a viewer. And that's what the Bounce Saga was. And that's what Diamond Dust Rebellion was. And that's what the Zombokto arc is. And that's what telling me Odahime is not a fool bring is. I'm not gonna lie. My knee-jerk reaction was to make the easy joke of that's what my last relationship was. Well, that's not true. And also, I know Word of God, like in the, st- in the like Word of God as a definition for like storytelling is when the author or creator says something about the universe that isn't actually shown or sometimes, as in this case, is actively disproven within their own universe. And Titai specifically said that the Espada were ten times stronger than a Soul Reaper captain, and yet Rukia one v ones an Espada and wins. No. And Rinji no. and Udayu, 1v1 in Espada, and almost win, but have to be saved by a captain. So, I mean, you can also look at that argument that people have for Rukia, which technically does make sense, given the fact that while the individual she fights is given the rank of an Espada, according to how Espada are also later defined by other people, he's not technically an Espada because he never had the Hogyoku exposed to him. So, technically, he's just a really strong Vassal Lorde. Byakuya, 1v1 in Espada. They're supposed to be 10 times stronger than yeah, a yeah, captain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then that explanation is, that guy was an arrogant dumb prick. I hate... I hate, like... Like, for the other Espada, it makes sense vaguely for most of them because it then uses almost every other one outside the Vassalorde that Rukia fights as an example of some form of pride becoming their downfall and or weakness. 
for Salazipros, it was that no one was smarter than him. For the guy that Biakio fights, it's that he was the best at what he did, which is speed, and thus he could do something else. Okay. Salazipros. For Baragon, it was the idea of ultimate power and the fact that he couldn't die, even though technically it's he knows his existence is capable of death. Salazipro, I'm fine with that loss. It makes sense. He wins because he's an arrogant prick. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Number eight, he shouldn't have lost because as soon as he realized, oh, hey, this thing that I'm doing isn't working, he should have just sealed his resurrection again. That's an option. They have that option. He could have just been like, oh, this was a bad move. Yes, but once again, most of these spots that we've seen are shown to be arrogant pricks. Noitoro losing to Kenpachi. Arrogant prick. Grimjow dying because he was an arrogant prick. Okay, so anytime anytime Ichigo beats them, I'm not going to be upset. That's just anime yeah. flawed No, like, like, legitimately, the only ones that didn't die because they were arrogant pricks. Stark, Hanabel. Number 10. Number 9, sorry. No, he died because he was an arrogant prick. I don't think he died because he was an arrogant prick. Like, I mean... He reasonably thought Rukia was dead and couldn't hurt him because he she's he, not even a lieutenant rank. Yeah, but he toyed with her at first because he was talking about how he was so strong because he could match power levels of other Espada without having to be one. Oh, well, no, like, here's the thing. Espada's a rank of power. So even if he's not, even if he is still a vast. What I'm saying is, like, because of the way it's explained, because as Pato's explained multiple times, we get it there, and then we have the whole flashback arc where we see the Hogyoku, and then we get this term to Spada explained again, which means it's an Aronkar that's been exposed to the Hogyoku, mm-hmm. which means technically he can't be in a spot, which means there's this weird gray area where mm-hmm. when whatever so, TJ says. So. The Espada are mostly Aronkars that have been exposed to the Hogyoku. But Espada is actually just a ranking system of the strongest Aronkars. It's both. It's technically both because it's defined as both. Thus, it exists in a gray area where that statement can be applied to So all we're saying is or. Word of God is bullshit and Titai betrayed me. <clears throat> Personally betrayed me. Me and Titai, we're going to have a dog collar match. Justice is going to kill me. <laughs> I'm going to go to bed now. Justice. No, come back. I'll stop. I won't make another wrestling reference for the rest of this episode or the next episode. Promise. What are we reviewing for the 22nd? Just like so make sure. I'm not going to say it here. If you tell me it's the first two episodes of Dynamite, I'm going to be very upset. <laughs> was that another wrestling reference right there? No. Already? Was, Already? Not even a minute? Not even a minute. That wasn't a reference. That was a question. Not a reference. It was a cref- question. Referencing a- or a previous topic. You're being a pedantic fucker. A fucker of pedantry. Look, all I'm saying is Bleach is dumb, but anime is dumb. Yeah, that, that feels that feels like a valid thing to say. Look, if you like something, it's probably dumb. That's not even me being like a dick. That's just me being fa- like factual. Almost everything I like is dumb. I mean, that's not true. That's definitively not true. The Amory Wars are actually very, very pog. Not dumb in the slightest. I love them. I do. But there does exist 10 speed of God's blood and burial. <laughs> uh, actually, you're right. It is dumb. My bad. It's a demon possessed bike. Like, I'm not going to lie. Like, I love it. But. Yeah, but it's all it's all a fever dream, right? So like. Kind of. Yes and no. It's like that time I was abducted by aliens. It's a, it was a, it's a fever dream. Kind of. Yes, but no. Because technically it's appearing to a guy who does have reality powers. Oh, Jesus Christ. Never mind. So, like, yes and no. <laughs> That's stupid. Never mind. All my fences are down. Everything is stupid. You're right. I mean, yes, fences being down is kind of what we know is going to be the end of the Amory Wars. Oh, that's such a niche, niche. Really. That's more niche than, like, all of the other references I've made today. Yeah, but it wasn't a bad reference. Uh, we're 45 minutes in. I, th- I think we could probably get ready to call this one. Unless you have any other topics you wanted to discuss. Because we got we we got deep on Bleach. Thousand Year Blood War coming this year, though. You know what other anime's coming out this year? What? 
the uh, he did Uzumaki. Junji Ito. Yeah, Junji Ito. The Junji Ito Uzumaki. That's that's what's coming out. This yeah, year. it's Uzumaki. Uzumaki. Yeah. It got... However, it was supposed to come out last year and it... the year before. Oh no no no! It was, it was supposed to come out. It was supposed to come out at the beginning of 2021, and they got pushed back to October 2021, which felt like a better release period for it, anyways. Mm-hmm. And now it's been pushed back to October 2022 because of the yeah, pandemic. But I mean, I'm still not super like stoked for it. I haven't been at all. Why not? Because why I, I really do like Junji Ito. I have seen the Junji Ito collection, so I have seen his work adapted before. Yeah, that's a And his point. work is very hard, in my opinion, to adapt into an animated piece. That's fair. His work it does... Just go read Uzumaki. Like, fuck. Every single one of you guys listening, if you haven't, go read Uzumaki. The and Akigahara it- Fault. Or Snell Girl. Both are fantastic. They're shorter, too. Like, like those are good, easy samples in, and probably things I think overall I enjoy more as a piece than Uzumaki. It's just, Uzumaki's very good. Like, the Uzumaki, like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, the, the, like, the two I just mentioned are also fantastic. Actually, yeah, just 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 go read stuff by... Like, search Junji Ito. J-U-N-J-I space I-T-O. Find something that sounds vaguely intriguing to you from his stuff and read that one. Which one is the story where everybody has a hole for them? Akigahara Fault. Akigahara Fault. Yeah. God, that he does some really good things with horror. Mm-hmm. And like It's why I was like, it's why I originally read the comic The Beach mm-hmm. and was then mildly excited when they said there was going to be a beach movie. And then, um, well, I heard things about the beach movie and I don't care anymore. I still want to watch it, but like... <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I really don't because reading the beach it was very Ito vibes at points and then like good King vibes I say good because King is very hurt your miss my opinion yeah but it had like fair. a perfect blend of both and it was fantastic and then I saw trailers for the beach and then I saw reviews for the beach my brain just goes oh so it's none of those and M. Night Shyamalan made it bad okay I I hate all the shit M. Night Shyamalan gets oh so do I I'm just saying like his, his, his early works like his original works, for the most part, are actually really, really good. Like, no, just just his early stuff. I'm not going to, like, try to defend anything from, like, past 2006. I can't think of anything past 2006. Oh, uh, let's see. Besides Avatar and the Beach. Uh, there's quite a few. Uh, the Happening is post-2006. I mean, The Happening was actually still decent. The Happening's very good if you chop off the last 10 minutes. Yeah. I, I'll stand by that statement. The Happening's very good if you chop off the last 10 minutes. Actually, um, he did do... Split and Unbreakable and Glass. Unbreakable was 2000, but Split uh, and Glass were both in the last like uh, eight yeah, years. Yeah, I was thinking of the other two. And that's not even the right time. It was eight years ago ish. And yeah. the movie that is, is the beach is just called Old. Oh, uh, yeah. Look, I don't even remember his fucking name that he gave it because I don't care. But yeah, like, he's got some really good stuff and he gets shit, but like, brings all the shit on himself. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to defend him because I like a lot of his films, but like. But I don't know. Then he does things like. like rename Aang to Ong. Or cut out entire things because he likes them too much. Or I don't know. Add entire things that aren't in the original source because he wants to add an explanation. But also not ever actually explain that explanation. But he really needs it just so it's a twist because it's a thing he's known for. So he has to have a slightly alternate ending from what the original source is. I don't even know why he's known for twists. He did Stuart Little. What's the what's the twist in Stuart Little? Uh, the parents are actually really, really shitty and would rather adopt a mouse than a child. He also did She's All That. What's the twist in She's All That? It was a lot better than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> But he also did Devil, and that movie is um not good. You know, the Devil is fine. Like it's an okay movie. It's it's kind of garbage, but it's a perfectly like, popcorn horror flick. Yeah, I, I'm gonna stand by that. It's like a solid six. I don't know. I never want to watch it again, but I watched it once and it was fine. I think defining a horror film as a popcorn horror flick immediately kind of means it's a bad horror movie. 
Like if I'm going to be watching a horror movie and just enjoying myself and like eating eating popcorn to where it's a popcorn movie, it needs to be a schlocky like B film for me to enjoy it. Anything less, my brain just goes, "Oh, you tried to actually be a good horror movie and failed horribly." Thus, I dislike you. I to I be, have standards for my horror movies. To be fair though, uh, I don't like a lot of horror movies. Like I think I just have a too high of a bar for horror movies. I know that's exactly my problem, which is why schlocky B grade horror films are fine because they very much embrace we can't do certain things. So we're just going to run our tropes, do our things, and not try to be over the top. And you know what? Sometimes we'll actually pull off legitimately good horror moments, and we're not going to usually rely upon jump scare after jump scare after jump scare. Or if we do, we're kind of going to use it mockingly and make fun of it. So what we're saying is, go read Junji Ito. Yeah. Uh, That's the long and short of it. We have too high of standard for horror movies, but Junji Ito is just like... A fantastic horror... Writer. And artist. Yeah. Yeah. Is the bar lower for horror manga and books than it is for movies? No. Is it what makes it easy? What makes it easier than for a horror manga to be good or a horror book to be good versus a movie? Because I feel like there's way more good horror books and, and horror manga or graphic novels than there are horror movies. Well, I find that more of the horror books mm, rely okay. upon actually building atmosphere. I already, I already figured tension. out what, what the actual thing is. The reason why horror works better in written formats is because it leaves more to your brain. Well, there's that. Also, I feel like a lot of them, because it's a book, have to build atmosphere. Yeah. So they do that better. They build tension. And um, they generally are diverse enough that they aren't repeating the same cliched tropes that horror movies have fallen into, which by that, I mean every 7 to 15 minutes throwing a jump scare at you. Books don't really do that. They might have a few in there, but it's not generally like, okay, so you've, you've got to your jump scare for this chapter. The next one won't be until the next chapter. Unless we feel like getting a bit quirky this time and having two and one. I think it's literally just a brain thing because like movies can only do so much, but a book or a manga doesn't have those limits. They just have the limits of your imagination, which is much more vast than what a single movie could do. See, I would argue that's more true for books. Manga, not too much because you have a visual medium that's fair junji ito is just a master of his craft yeah because his art makes a great atmosphere and feeling and like it creates this nice perfect little world that exists in for horror and then he knows how to write with tension and adding to the atmosphere like my establishing of the things that i thought made writing styles for it so good also applied to manga so it wasn't just all about theater of the mind stuff fair points Mm -hmm. i like horror i just can't find good horror movies yeah they're very rare Mm -hmm. and honestly most of my favorite horror movies are apparently really divisive picks for good horror movies. Like, when I, when I talk about my favorite horror movies, people are like, no, oh, those are okay, but, like, I don't know, like, Halloween Kills, people will bring that up. Like, not mm. specifically that, but, like, that's the type of stuff people throw back at me, and I'm like, yeah, I mean, it's a slasher movie. Yeah. Slasher movies are not, like, good horror movies nine-tenths of the time. Yeah. Unless they're named Scream. Not even a good horror movie. It's a good dissection of horror movies. I love Scream. They're not great horror movies. I won't I won't argue with no, that. No, they're just good movies. I wouldn't say they're great horror movies. Yep. You know what some of my favorite horror movies are? Like, obviously, I love my, my favorite horror movie of all time is still It Follows. Like It Follows is definitely pretty good. And guess what? It does some jump scares, but it's not like every 7 to 15 minutes. Yeah, it has it has jump scares, but like it doesn't, like you said. And then like, I love the Babadook. It's not a huge fan of the end of It Follows. The, the battle roll in the pool was kind of yeah, bleh. The ending of the movie's a letdown. Mm-hmm. But I think the movie's a whole very good. Mm-hmm. I like the first half of Hereditary. I like the short film that was Heredity. You know, the, the, when it ended, when... The mother found her daughter said, that was good. Good short movie. Good short film. Yeah, great, great short film. But like my favorite, some of my like favorite horror movies are the original Jeepers Creepers and Joyride. Mm. Joyride is actually quite fun. Uh, I do enjoy it. It has arguably, just like Jeepers Creepers, I would argue they both have just the right amount of schlock. And it's not just Joyride and Jeepers Creepers. But like there's something about 
like the early 2000s road trip style movies that really vibe with me. I really enjoy them. And the Jeepers Creepers and Joyride both take those like mm-hmm. road trip movies and turn them into these excellent horror films. IMO. I know Jeepers Creepers is arguably not an excellent horror film. And oh, yeah. If you say Joyride isn't a good horror film, you're just definitively wrong. It, it's Yeah. A, no, it, look, like. My favorite horror film is John Carpenter's The Thing. It's very good. I like it's a lot more action heavy than I would actually want from a horror film, but I enjoy it because it does what it does really well. And like the first half of the movie is very tension and atmosphere heavy. I and then the back half is just burn it, burn it all. I didn't watch The Thing until last year. It hurt my soul. And I, I have to say, based on what everybody told me about The Thing, I was expecting an entirely different film. Like. I was expecting a film with like a lot more like you don't know who. Everyone talks about the first half of the film. No one talks about the back half of the film where they just burn everything. Like, yeah, I was expecting a movie where like it's like the psychological mind game and you're like, you don't know who's who and you don't know like. No, they talk about the first half of the movie and they talk about the final scene of the movie because at the end, Kurt Russell and I don't remember the other guy off the top of my head at the moment. Neither of them know if they're actually fine. We talk about the first half of the movie, the end of the movie. And they're like, yeah, that's what burns some stuff and blows some shit up. It's kind of fun. It's a nice break. You know what else is a nice break? These interstitial podcasts. Yeah. They're a good break from our normal review schedule, which is a new episode on the 2nd and 22nd. And if you want to follow us and and listen to those episodes when they come out, you should subscribe to our our podcast in any podcast feed. And if you want to give us suggestions on what to review, or you have comments or questions or want to tell me that Joyride isn't a good horror movie and be definitively wrong. Or that he's wrong, you know, or he made the best character in Bleach. Really weird take. You can email us at copilotsreview at gmail.com. That's the best way to get in direct touch with us. But you can also follow us or message us on Twitter. Or you can check out our website, copilotsreview.simplecast.com, where we have a link to our Twitter, our email, our YouTube, and our Discord. And all of those are excellent ways to get in touch with us. Other than the YouTube, not quite a great way to get in touch with us. I mean, I do get notifications when people comment on things, so eh. But it is an option. But anyways, thank you for hanging out with us in the cockpit today. And catch us on our next flight. Unless you wanted to catch us on our next flight. Nope, I'm waving bye. Okay, goodbye. Audio medium. Wave, 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 wave.